Real music, real interviews, real information. That's why we call it Real Gospel with the X-Men. And she won't allow you to call her a legend, but she is, especially within the Church of God in Christ. Here's Dr. Judith Christie McAllister with God is on my side. It's so good to know that in the time of trouble that we have a pavilion. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, they run and are safe. God is for me. And when God is for me, who can be against me? Unto thee, O my strength, I will sing For God, he is my defense And he is the God who is on my side When I am afraid, I put my trust in you always Every day, I put my faith in you always Lord, you made a way your name I will praise, I'll trust in you always. Lord, you promised protection, you shield me from my enemy. Lord, you promised direction, you order my steps on the journey. And when I pray, I seek your face, through it all you show me Because we know he is on our side And at the end of the day We win Lord you promised to strengthen me Your power made perfect in weakness Lord you promised to prosper me Plans of a hope and a future Lord you fight my battles for me Your name I Perfect. 
Real Gospel is the place where God gets the glory and artists tell their stories. I am honored to have this anointed woman of God on the show today. She's a Grammy-nominated choir director, songwriter, producer, author, and a forerunner of the praise and worship movement within all and I do mean all, come on now, of our African-American churches. The one and only Dr. Judith Christie McAllister. Welcome to Real Gospel. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be with you on today. Yes, and you know, your accolades just, I mean, that was that was just the tip of the iceberg, but I always say that, you know, uh, give people their flowers while they're yet with us, and so uh, just there are just not enough words that would describe your reach in um, the kingdom, as I would like to put it, not just in music, but also just in ki- the kingdom of God itself. So mm. I'm just always like, so I know who I'm speaking with from time to time, and you definitely are somebody who is up there. Yes, well, indeed. I certainly do give God all the glory and the honor for all that He's allowed me to accomplish uh, up until this point, and I'm just thankful to God that He uh, saw fit to use my life to be a blessing <laughs> to others. Amen. Now, you are very, very well known within the Church of God in Christ, unto whom I am a member. And uh, we, we share mutual friends, and one of them is my current pastor, Bishop Jerry L. Maynard Sr. And so, oh, yes, 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 and Wonderful. so he speaks of you quite often. So I just want you to know that, uh, you know, w- within within our denomination, you're very well known. But for people who are listening right now who may not be as familiar with you and your and your works, uh, tell them just a little bit about yourself, uh, how you grew up and how you first fell in love with Jesus. Oh, absolutely. Before I do that, please give Bishop Maynard my regards. And I do miss my Nashville family. I tell you, I've been away from there for about maybe seven years now. And uh, of course, coming back to California, it's it's a different culture. Uh, (laughs) But I do miss my Nashville family. And please give them my regards. I will. Yes, indeed. Well, I grew up in Harlem, New York. That's where I'm from. Really? I'm yes, from I'm from Bed Stuy in Brooklyn. I had no okay. idea. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, right. yes. I was born and raised in Harlem, New York, and uh, matriculated to Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Roberts University. That's where I met my husband, and mm-hmm. uh, Bishop Blake hired him out of college, and uh, so I was his fiance. So I ended up coming with him here to Los Angeles, California. And uh, became the minister of music here after a number of years. And then my husband's job moved us to Tennessee, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I had an opportunity to fellowship with the people of God. And then uh, we moved here back to Los Angeles to uh, be a part of the West Angeles ministry. So um, I fell in love with Jesus at an early, early age. I would say about seven or eight. I grew up in the church, literally almost born <laughs> in the church. My mother was the church pianist. And uh, she was in labor uh, while uh, while the Holy Ghost was just overtaking her. She was in labor. Yeah, and almost born on the piano stool. They got her to the hospital in in time. (laughs) And um, at seven years old, I came to know him as my personal Lord and Savior. You know, had a wonderful time of of learning and knowing him. And 
Uh, it's interesting. I had a relationship of such that I would talk to him and he would talk back to me just like I'm talking to you now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had to reconcile within myself was uh, knowing the God that they were talking about in church and the God that I was talking to at home. Mm -hmm. Because the God that they were talking about at church was an angry God. He was, uh, you know, the scripture that declares God mm -hmm. is angry with the wicked yes. every day. And uh, I grew up in a, in a, in a classical Pentecostal church. Um, uh, was very very strict and we couldn't do anything uh, and we were too afraid to sneeze because we thought <laughs> God would kill us you know yeah. and so we, we, there was a lot of judgment and a lot of condemnation a lot of hellfire a lot of brimstone uh, but let me uh, say that I thank God for my upbringing because I would not be what I am today without it and uh, but but here's the thing I did not know um, that God when I got home because I would open up my window and I would sit on my radiator and I would talk to God like I'm talking to you and he would talk back to me at seven and eight years old Amen. and he showed me many of the things that I have already done and uh, some things that are going to come he showed me at a young age he didn't show me um, exactly what the setting was but I saw myself in front of choirs and uh, directing and of course you know being the former minister of music and president of the international music department of the church of God in Christ that came to pass but I saw that when I was a young girl talking to my friend and so our love, love relationship was based definitely on relationship and not uh, religion and so it, it was from that posture I think God even helped to cultivate my heart as a young girl so that I when I went to Oral Roberts University and experienced this thing called worship in a new paradigm um, I was already open to it I did not understand it culturally but I understood it spiritually because I recognized that voice of my father within that music I went to a church, small church on the north side of Tulsa called Northside Christian Center Church of God in Christ. Mm. And a uh, young man at that time, he was not the Miles Monroe at the time, but he um, came and visited the, there often. And it was one Sunday night that he talked on the seven dimensions of praise. And I tell you, I had a, um, a eight and a half by 11 uh, yellow had that I took to church with me because I was, you know, they taught us that we needed to write, yes. you know, what mm -hmm. was said to us in service so we could reflect back on it during the week. And he began to talk about the levels of worship and the levels of praise. And I wrote and my arm was so sore. But mm. from those notes, as I had never heard anything like that before in my life. And so uh, this is before, you know, the personal computer and yes. the ability to go through yes. with the concordance online. <laughs> I grabbed my Strong's Concordance and my Young's Concordance and all of the Greek and the Hebrew Bibles that I had and all the information. And for one solid week, I, now I'm ashamed to say this now, but looking back, I, I see what God was doing. I skipped classes for one week and I delved into this information that I received on that Sunday because wow. I had never heard anything that impactful in my life. Wow. That one sermon was, I guess I would say, the uh, uh, the planting of that seed that God would then 
allowed to bring forth fruit years later. But the study of what he was talking about and then further on, as I came to uh, West Angeles, I'm kind of, kind of jumping around. Of course, yes. I had the opportunity to go to Israel because I believe that if I was to teach this thing called worship, I had to go to the place um, that really taught on it and where it originated. And so wow. I had the opportunity to sit at the feet of some of the greatest scholars and teachers and rabbis and ask them questions and get the proper context of the text uh, of a lot of David's writings and uh, um, you know, because David and Asaph and Moses actually wrote some of the Psalms as well. Wow. And you know that the Psalms, uh, the rest of the Bible speaks to us, but the Psalms speak for us. And so to have that opportunity to really sit and, and, and ingest all of that information was very important to me. So uh, from Oral Roberts University, as I've forestated, then came to West Angeles. And, uh, at the time I arrived at West Angeles, Bishop Blake was teaching uh, a, a, a series on the tabernacle of David. Wow. And he said, I see a time when our people will stand, they will lift their hands, and, and the music will be restored to the people. Now, you have to understand at that time, you know, late, uh, uh, late 80s, early 80s, late 80s, uh, we had wonderful choirs, nothing wrong with them, but the people did not sing in the services. Mm. It was all the job of the choir to sing. If you think back, yeah. we didn't do a lot of singing, you know, uh, uh, the congregation was enamored and rightfully so mm -hmm. with all of these wonderful choirs and the groups. And Bishop Blake said, now we they, they've held it hostage. I see a time when our people, people of African descent, uh, based on that scripture in Zephaniah chapter three and verse 10, it says from beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliants, even my worshipers shall bring me an offering. He said, I see a time when the tabernacle of David will be restored to us as people that have been kissed by the sun. Wow. And so we had to find a way. Uh, myself, Patrick Henderson, who was the minister of music at the time, uh, sat in Bishop's office and we strategized to find a way uh, to bring what he had in his heart to the people. And that's where the Saints in Praise, Volume 1, 2, and 3 was born wow. to give voice to the vision of the pastor. And it was a hard struggle. Absolutely. It was a struggle. Wow. But God, now I look and I see all over our brotherhood, especially in the Church of God in Christ, because we had leaders, uh, even music leaders, that said there was no such thing as praise and worship. But now in every Kojic church, you got a praise team. Okay, amen. come on here, somebody. Amen, amen, and amen. so that is the trajectory. And I give all glory and all honor to the Lord for, again, as I forestated, using my life to help to move this thing I believe that is going to cause uh, the opening of a portal that will allow the, the presence of God in this last revival to come uh, because he sits in the midst of our praises. Amen. And that is such a powerful testimony so that people understand the person behind the music. And so that, that's just powerful. Um, your, your current song, God is on my side. Uh, talk to us about the birthing of that, that song. Well, that song was actually written by my daughter, Destiny. Okay. Uh, yeah, she was studying in Psalm 56 and reading about the life of David. And one night, um, well, she actually texted me about three o'clock in the morning. 
and said, Mom, when you get up for prayer, uh, wake me up. I have something for you. So after prayer, <laughs> about maybe 5.30, I went in her room and I said, what? And she sang me the song from top to bottom. Wow. She said, it was like something just broke up in my spirit and I just heard these words. And so I said, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. So I thank God that the mantle uh, is is being passed down to my children. I, I'm thankful for the fact that I have somebody that hears from God in that way Amen. and that will embrace it and take it to the next dimension. So God is on my side. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you always. And again, it was through the study of the word of God. If I were to say anything to songwriters, I would say that it's important to get the word of God on the inside of you because when the anointing hits you, God borrows from the word that's on the inside of you mm. to bring it to life in a musical form. Because the, the, the Bible declares to us that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will not pass away. We don't have David's melody, but we have David's music in the form of words. And so the melody will pass away, the rhythm will pass away, but the words will always remain. And so that's what the important thing is for us to have that word on the inside so that it, it continues to have that mainstay force of that stickability in our spirits. Amen. This is just one of those conversations. Dr. McAllister, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to pick up the other side of this conversation. Family, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Dr. Judy Christie McAllister right after this. You're listening to Real Gospel with the X-Man. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, you may qualify for a free continuous glucose monitor system. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM systems can automatically manage your diabetes better for you. And by using a CGM system, you can eliminate forever one thing most people with diabetes hate the most, finger sticks. Now it's possible to manage your diabetes better, end the painful finger sticks, and get a new CGM monitoring system at little or no cost to you. We even provide in-home delivery and do all the insurance paperwork for you. Now is the best time to manage your diabetes better and get your continuous glucose monitor. Call now for details. 800-396-0150 800-396-0150 That's 800-396-0150 